0: This is Asking for a Friend with Kyone Wolf. I'm Kyone Wolf. Asking for a Friend is an advice show taped on the third Saturday night of each month at CT Improv's Underground Comedy Theater in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. There are three problems considered in each show, and each round is judged by three audience members sitting in front. The panelist with the most points at the end of the night wins a loofah, the loofah of truth. Why a loofah? Because it's a cheap prize, a ridiculous word, and you really should change your loofah every month. So I'm just doing my part. You're about to hear a problem from our June 2018 show. And our panelists were CT improv Stephanie Sproffy-Morland, Charnell Bush, podcast host of What About Your Friends?, What Did You Do?, and Boys Love Beyonce, and Jason Fredland, whose work at the ReCenter in Hartford focuses on equity, anti-racism, and social justice. One more thing, this here is not professional advice. These panelists were chosen because they're smart and curious and excited about getting philosophical and deep. If you think you've got something to add, stay tuned, because after the problem, I'll tell you all the ways you can put your two or ten or all of your cents in. Okay, here is this episode's problem, and you should know there may be profanity and direct references to adult themes, which is why you're here in the first place, but you know, disclaimers. Okay, here we go. The first problem of the night is this. Should I celebrate Pride Month just because I'm gay? And here's the context. Back in the day when I just came out, I loved going to Pride parades. It was a chance to meet new people, have fun, get involved, feel like I wasn't alone. But now that I'm older and the world has evolved a bit, at least in this part of the country, I find myself wincing at the idea of being anywhere near a Pride celebration. I wish my sexuality wasn't a big deal. I'm more than my gender. I'm more than who I sleep with or love. And I worry that kids going to pride parades will think that if you're LGBTQ, then that means that it has to be a major component of your personality, major enough to march about it. Add to that how pride parades seem like corporate advertising sticks now anyway. They'll fly a banner to appeal to us, but they won't do anything else with their businesses to support our community. At the same time, I know how important representation is and that we didn't get this far without putting our bodies and voices out there to demand that we be seen. So should I wave that flag or should I pack it in? (laughs) Pack it in. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that chuckle. (laughs) Charnel, what do you think?
1: I have a lot of feelings uh, about Pride Month uh, in general, specifically because I am queer, but I'm also, as you can see, black. So there are a lot of things that inform how I feel, but as far uh, as this goes, uh, for people. I mean, you should be more than your sexuality, you should be seen as more than your gender, but as far as we can see in America, if you're not straight, white, and male, that's always going to be polarizing, it's always going to be something you're going to have to you know, kind of fight for. Uh, so I say it's okay to be burnt out with Pride. I went to Pride twice and I'm over it already. You know, there's a lot of things in the queer community that I don't always see eye to eye with, and that's why I got burnt out really easily. But if it's something like, as you get older, when you know you start, you know, normalizing yourself and you start being around more of the same people and you uh, you really solidify those friend groups, you get that validation and support every day that the little gabies don't get. So of course they're out and they're marching and they want to be celebrated in public and be able to hold their lovers' hand and you know, have their mom cheer in the streets because that's important. Um, but if you're older and you you're burnt out, I think if you feel like you should be doing something, you should do something. So uh, I think you should volunteer with your local lgbt uh, agencies um, help them prepare flyers and brochures for pride or mentor or just show up and read to kids or something i just i understand it i understand that sometimes marching is a lot rainbows are a lot some maybe bright colors pastels aren't your thing but i feel like again if you feel like you should be doing do something but if not sit at home and watch it on the internet instagram's great
2: cool jason what do you think oh yes This is really tricky. I find myself giving advice to a lot of people and often that looks like asking a lot of questions and letting people come to their own decisions rather than me telling them what to do. Um, So it's tricky when all you get is the audible, like text version, um, I bring my lens to it as a white, cis, queer man. Um, And so I actually heard a white, cis, queer man saying that statement. You know, the sort of like, I went to Pride because I was looking for connection and I got what I needed and so now I don't need it anymore. Um, And I think that's the thing that people who have um, certain amounts of privilege feel like we have the luxury to not need to care about other people's needs. And so I think like, you know, the origins of Pride was rebellion and resistance, protection and safety. And it wasn't about like, waving a flag it was about uh, taking space to survive and so yeah I think that if you are a person you know the margins have margins and if you are a person who owns privilege in marginalized spaces I do think that we have the responsibility to show up and to represent and to fight for the needs of all people um, not just people who have the particular identities that we have so I think about um, you know like queer people of color I think about trans folks I think about women who have not always been represented in the gay rights movement Um, and so I think to the extent that you have the safety and the capacity to do so, you do have a responsibility to fight for the rights of other people.
0: All right, Steph, what do you think?
3: I also identify as queer, actually. Um, I am uh, bisexual or more specifically pansexual, but I am also married and in a monogamous relationship with a cis male, so I am completely camouflaged in Mm. the queer community. One, I am jealous of anybody who feels like they can go to a Pride festival and like, feel like it's something for them. Cause I feel like a huge imposter when I go to those things cause of my privilege and because of my like, my relationship is the most normal type of relationship that anybody can have. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I feel like thinking that going to a pride festival is the only way or like, there's a certain way that you have to celebrate pride mm-hmm. to me goes against pride. Cause pride is always about like, Getting outside of boxes, getting outside of labels. So the idea that like celebrating in a parade with like spandex and glitter is the only way to have pride is completely, I think, against the point. Like, go to a queer concert, go to a queer film festival. Like, donate your time. Like you were saying, like, um, go like bake some rainbow cupcakes because uh, I think everything can be solved with baking. Um, <laughs> just you know, go out there and. Find what is comfortable to you, but still, I think, make sure you're celebrating and being proud and making yourself visible.
0: I also fight against labels, too, because labels are important and useful, right? To figure out who we are and what we're talking about here. But at the same time, like, I'm attracted to both, but I I only get weak in the knees with women. You know, like, I only miss women. I only want to make out with women. Men are mainly, like, sex toys that are self-cleaning. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh god
0: <laughs> what is that <laughs> like uh, is it bisexual and then is it sexual romantic uh, I don't know but I remember when I was growing up and coming out in the late 90s it was so exhilarating to go to any sort of gay pride parade or festival fucking exhilarating mm-hmm. also the the internet hadn't quite blossomed into what it would be but then uh, growing up, too, it was like, that's similar to this author. Can't we be over this now? No? Okay.
3: <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't think of this when you first asked the question. I, I used to live in China, and I was a part of the first Pride Festival in mainland China, uh, which was in Shanghai in 2009. And it is so, it, that, that one felt important to me. And I don't know if that was just because it was like, the first one like the government shut down a lot of the Mm -hmm. events on it like there was supposed to be um a couple of other things but they put so many rules on it like we couldn't uh, advertise in in chinese we could only advertise in english so that it could mostly just be for english speakers Mm -hmm. and we couldn't have any public events all had to be private but like it still felt so important because it was like making sure there was a space for them so like that is one of the most important prides i feel like i've ever been a part of so like the idea that we can have pride so easily now here in the US, I think is something to be celebrated even more.
0: And you put your finger on something really interesting that that was the first pride for you for you in that context, for that country and that place in that context. And for every pride parade or celebration that happens now, it's the first for someone there mm. and that sticks. So I, it's an interesting problem. I, I definitely get the, the tension of that, but we're not there yet. So on that note, we're going to have the lady of the box play a fanfare while our judges write down the name of the panelists who you think had the best advice on this problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Desmond who would you pick and why?
2: So I picked Chanel, Um Woo. mostly because the duality that he talked about about being black and gay was very relatable to me um, and also he talked about the perspective of what it means to go to a gay pride and someone's capacity to enjoy it or give back to the gay community you know you some people not everybody has the capacity to be a supportive person and go out and you know raise a flag or be that pioneer in person, but someone may have the capacity to give a conversation or talk to another gay person or someone in the LGBT community. So it was very relatable for me, and I thought that he had good feedback about that, so.
0: Sean, what do you think? All right, I chose
3: Stephanie. I really uh, gripped with her answer because I feel like one event is just not defining a person. I'm a straight male, and I have um, a lot of gay friends, um, lesbian friends, um, however the terminology you'd like I see them proud every day, not just at one event, not just, you know, at a parade. I see them proud when they're hanging out with their friends, when they're on the street, when we're going places together. And I feel like, you know, just that one event, if if you feel like it's commercial, if you feel like that's what you need to define you as a gay male or as a, you know, a a gay woman, then you need to do some, some more searching. So.
0: All right. One for Stephanie. Steve, what do you think?
1: Jason. Oh.
3: Oh. Oh. We're relatable to everyone. <laughs>
0: the show is working. I, like um,
2: I thought everybody raised good points, but I thought, I, I like Jason's point of, if you have the strength, the power, the capacity to stand up for others, that there is a responsibility. It's a fundamental exercise sometime to think, okay, 100 years ago, people thought that black people were property. And now we think, what the fuck? How did you think that? And I think 100 years from now, what is it we're gonna look back at and think, what the fuck, how did you mm-hmm. think that? And, and I think one of the things might be treating people's sexuality as a defining characteristic. So mm-hmm. thinking of it in, through that lens, I like Jason's perspective of here's something we can stand up and do something about. Cool. Right. Thank,
0: thank, you
2: thank you very
0: much, judges. All right, that's one problem down, all of them to go. Thank you so much to our audience, to our judges, and of course to our panelists Stephanie Sproffy Moreland, Jason Fredland, and Charnel Bush, who won the loofah of truth that night. Thanks to CT Improv in downtown Hartford for putting this thing on every third Saturday at 7 p.m. Check out all their shows and snag your tickets to this one at ctimprov.com. That's S E A T E A Improv.com. Thank you to our most elegant and beautiful trumpet player and the lady of the box, Emily Catherine Peterson. Our show is live tweeted by master tweeter Greg Hill at Askin for a Friend. That's Askin. F E R, a friend. Our problems and confessions are beautifully calligraphed in Osaka, Japan by Chris Gladys on our Instagram account at Asking for a Friend with Kyone Wolf. And you can see his other crazy, beautiful calligraphy at M Shades01. Our Facebook page is at Asking for a Friend with Kyone Wolf. And if you think this podcast was worth every penny you paid for it and more, especially the and more part, head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Your donation will help these shows sound better with more updated equipment and software, and you'll give me a lot more flexibility to get really creative with these shows. That's patreon.com slash kionewolf, and thanks for keeping me going. If you like this show, please subscribe to it and share it like crazy, and leave some reviews. That really helps the algorithm gods keep us from the hellfire of no new listeners, and my friends on this podcast should definitely be heard. So do you have another take on this episode's problem, or do you have something going on in your life and you could use some advice? Like I said in the intro, you won't find any professional advice giving here, just words of wisdom from a handful of people who have big hearts and not enough stage fright, but go for it and leave a message. I promise no one will pick up at 860-322-2019. Know that your voice may be used in a podcast or a live show, or your problem might be worked into the show another way. If you're more likely to leave a message if I promise to alter your voice, either higher or lower in pitch, just let me know in your voicemail if you want to be a chipmunk or Johnny Cash. That number again is 860-322-2019. Or we could do this the old-fashioned way. My email is kione at kionewolf.com. You want more stories from our LGBTQIA plus community? Subscribe to Connecticut Voice Podcast with Kyone Wolf. You can find that and all my other projects at Kyonewolf.com And you can sign up for my newsletter there too. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much for trusting your problems with this podcast. I'm Kyone Wolf, and in the spirit of Pride Month... I am a lesbian. Well, I mean, it's it's a little more nuanced. It's, it's kind of, it's complicated. It depends. I'm on the spectrum. That feels good to say. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you at CT.